I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. And welcome to Thoughts from the Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 117 of Thoughts from the Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the price of liberty. Well, somewhere along the line, I bet you've heard the quote, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. I was thinking about this quote yesterday on my way home from my second round in court. As you may know, if you've been following me at all, the city of Lexington, Kentucky sued me over an open records request. Uh, I made it to find out information about the city's super-secret mobile surveillance cameras. Now, you may be asking, what in the hell is a mobile surveillance camera? And I will tell you, I have no idea, because they're super-secret. And the city doesn't want you to know about them. And they went as far as to sue me after the attorney general uh, sided with me in my open records request. So I'll I'll post some uh, links in the show notes page about the lawsuit if you want to get more information about that. But it was, it was interesting because, like, like I said, this was my second round in court, so uh, I actually won round one, and uh, the city asked for what is known as reconsideration, and so I had to go to court again. And it was funny, during the hearing, one of the, uh, one of the officers, so all along they've, they've been asserting that the reason we can't know about the super secret cameras is because of officer safety. Now, during the court hearing yesterday, the city attorney actually claimed that me knowing about these cameras would not only jeopardize officer safety in Lexington, it would put officers at risk all across the United States. Yes, basically, if we know about these cameras, everybody dies. That's the argument they're making. Of course, this is utter BS. But, you know, it reveals the truth about government. Government hides things, government lies, and if they are allowed to, government will abuse its power. It's almost inevitable. And that brings me back to the quote, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. See, if nobody does anything, governments will get away with, well, whatever they want. They'll get away with the lies, they'll get away with abusing their power, they'll get away with doing things that even their own charters say they're not supposed to do. Because nothing is there to hold them accountable. We have to do it. That's the price of liberty, our vigilance, we the people. Because government damn sure isn't going to keep itself in line. 
So the quote, uh, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, is generally attributed to Thomas Jefferson, but he's not actually the person who said it. The credit actually goes to an abolitionist named Wendell Phillips, and he was active back in the 1850s fighting slavery. And, you know, abolitionists were badasses. No matter what you might want to say about them, these guys, they were willing to put their reputations and sometimes even their very lives on the line. You know, we live in the 21st century, so to us, it's like, well, yeah, obviously we're against slavery. But back in the 1850s, abolitionism was not the mainstream position. It was not popular. And I would dare to guess that most Americans today, if you dumped them back in the 1850s, would not be abolitionists. All of these social justice warriors running around calling everybody a racist, they would have been right in there supporting the Fugitive Slave Acts, supporting slavery, because that was the dominant position. Being an abolitionist was hard. So I love abolitionists. So anyway, this quote was by Wendell Phillips, and I want to read the whole thing because it's actually much cooler if you get the whole paragraph as opposed to just that first line that we're all familiar with. Here's what Phillips said. Eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Power is ever stealing from the many to the few. The manna of popular liberty must be gathered each day or it is rotten. The living sap of today outgrows the dead rind of yesterday. The hand entrusted with power becomes, either from human depravity or esprit de corps, the necessary enemy of the people. Only by continued oversight can the Democrat in office be prevented from hardening into a despot. Only by unintermitted agitation can a people be sufficiently awake to principle not to let liberty be smothered in material prosperity. End quote unintermitted agitation is what Phillips said we have to do to maintain our liberty. Constant oversight. And, you know, I feel like I'm trying to do this with the city of Lexington. It's hard, and that's why more people don't do it. And that's why government continues to grow more and more powerful. Now, this quote made me think of the Constitution. And bear with me a second. Let me explain this. I'm sure that uh, many of you have heard the famous Spooner quote when he talks about the failure of the Constitution. He said, but whether the Constitution really be one thing or another, this much is certain, that it has either authorized such a government as we have had or has been powerless to prevent it. In either case, it is unfit to exist. Now, I talk about the Constitution a lot, so I get this Spooner quote thrown in my face a lot, especially by certain segments of libertarianism, and I get it. I get the whole idea that the Constitution has no authority, and we can have that debate. But to say that the Constitution has failed because it has allowed the government that we have today to become what it is, is really kind of dumb, because embedded in that idea is this notion that somehow just writing it down on a piece of paper was sufficient, that we could write a constitution and everybody expected that the government would follow it. Anybody who thinks that is insane. Nobody thought that, even when they were ratifying the Constitution. Madison talked about things that needed to be done in Federalist 46 to help prevent federal overreach. Now, the Constitution, as written and ratified, is clearly, it clearly created a limited federal government. And during the ratification debates, the supporters of the Constitution 
explained all of these clauses like necessary and proper and the supremacy clause and the general welfare clause, and they explained the limited nature of these. Now, over the past 200 years, government officials have expanded the meaning of those, but that's not the Constitution's fault. It still means what it means. The problem is we have not had unintermitted agitation. We have not had oversight. People have let the federal government overstep its bounds. That's not the Constitution's fault. It's the fault of the people who failed to do their job and keep the federal government in check. You can't just wave the Constitution like a red flag at a bull and expect it to do something. It has to have some type of enforcement from we the people. It's like any contract. Imagine if you and I were in a contract, and let's say I started abusing the provisions of that contract in some way. I started uh, doing things that were violating the contract, and you didn't do anything about it. Is that the contract's fault? No, of course not. The contract says what it says. It still means what we agreed to. The fact that I'm not holding up my end is not the contract's fault. It's your fault for not enforcing the contract. So when it comes to the Constitution, the problem isn't the Constitution, at least not in terms of of what it was meant to do. It was meant to create a limited federal government. It was meant to keep power decentralized. It was meant to keep most power in the states and with the people. That's what it was meant to do. There's no debating this. The fact that it has failed to do that is the fault of the states and the people that have let the federal government just expand and basically do whatever it wants. And this is going to be true no matter what kind of government you have. If you have anarchy, there are certain philosophical suppositions, there are certain uh, rules, shall we say, that would have to be abided by in order for that society to work. You can't blame the, the system itself if it fails because the people in the system fail to uphold it. So I really love this quote. I think I don't know. I find it somewhat inspiring. I find it challenging. Let me read this part again. This is this is important. The hand entrusted with power becomes either from human depravity or esprit de corps the necessary enemy of the people. Only by continued oversight can the Democrat in office be prevented from hardening into a despot. Or let's say, only by continued oversight can the limited government constitution be prevented from morphing into a government that can do whatever it wants. It's your job. If you're looking at the system that we have today and you're saying this is out of control, it's not the system's fault. It's not the Constitution's fault. It's your fault because you have not engaged in unintermitted agitation. So that is my challenge for you today. Be awake to the principle. Do not let liberty be smothered in material prosperity. Fight for your liberty. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to this podcast over at iTunes. It won't cost you a dime. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.